0: Hello, this is Daniel Orton, Pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. I encourage you to give me some questions, things you're not you're not sure about, because I got some stuff I'm going to uh, do for you. I got next week, among those who's given me things, I got a gift to give somebody. I'm going to draw out of those who've been given to me. So, help fuel me. So, let's read these scriptures. Proverbs 19:11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. It is his glory to pass over a transgression. And... The other scriptures, one we have read a lot, quote, probably the feet cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. You may be seated and prayed. Um, As we withdraw close, uh, those of you that really hadn't maybe been a chance to be what we're doing here, I'm going to lay a foundation of a subject today. In the process, I want you to write down. Uh, if you don't have nothing to write with, um, we can get you something. we got some paper. We'll get you a pen or something. Um, type it out on your phone if you got one. A lot of people use notes on their phone. And questions about the subject today and we'll kind of talk about it. Now, I did have a, su- a suggestion from Sister Cheryl, so I'm mean, just going to tell you now. She said, those who's asking or saying things in the congregation, can you take the microphone to them? So... The reason being those who may be listening on podcasts uh, can hear the question or whatever the comment is said. So when we get to that point, I'm going to come to you with a mic. If you don't write up your face, let's get it close enough where it can be recorded. So, But as we draw near to the coming Jesus, I think it's our desire of us here that we do want to live life more abundantly. Um, here... I want it to be at our church, Harvest House. We don't want to be that Christian-like life is like that dwindling, trickling stream that barely gives... People can even tell that we're a Christian or not. But we want to live that life of overflowing, spiritual blessings, the redeemed, the peace and joy and the power. And this is our... We're going to do this with our life class. And we are going to learn together on how to live life on purpose. All right? And this is what this Sunday morning life class is all about: life 101. on one You take college courses, that's what you got. You, know, you take English, 101, on one whatever so. But last Sunday, we talked about dealing with hang-ups. And one reason I've done that is uh, somebody gave me some paper talk about well, let's talk about some hang-ups. and I also had some other things on there that actually are some hang-ups in life and but David came to me afterwards and he said man that was just the perfect place to start and really it is so see how this is already working together fueling together with each other here so uh, but this week we're going to talk about a huge hang up for so many born again children of god and today's life 101 subject is going to be probably seen on facebook if you've been there we're going to talk about forgiveness going to talk about forgiveness Scripture that I read here says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. It is his glory to pass over a transgression. The Amplified Version of Proverbs 19.11 says it this way, Good sense makes a man restrain his anger, <clears throat> and it is glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. The message paraphrase, Eugene Peterson says it this way, Smart people know how to hold their tongue, the grander is to forgive and forget. I want somebody. I want you to look at somebody and tell them, "I forgive you. I forgive you." Maybe we just fix something right then. I don't know. <laughs> but let's talk about this for a few minutes, and then we'll 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 get on the subject. I have an idea that we we may not be able to finish this up today. Probably going to be a lot of questions that we may have to. Maybe some questions arise, and we'll if we, if it is, we'll we'll get it again next week. But um. Big offense or small, forgiveness, it's a process that sometimes only seems big enough that only God can do it. Anybody believe that, right? And the first step that we need to recognize is the fact of our need to forgive and that we also need to forgive. Solomon, in his wisdom that God gave him, he speaks to the realm of forgiveness as he declares that the beauty and the honor of being able to forgive, that's what the scripture, that open scripture of 19, 1911 is. Read several translations. Here's the Darby. It says the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook transgression. And that's what forgiveness is. is overlooking a transgression, overlooking a sin, overlooking a hurt that someone has done to us, and what when we overlook it, what we're doing, we're looking beyond what they've done. And as we forgive, what happens? We bring glory to God. Because here's the thing. When it comes to forgiveness, we are never more like God than when we forgive. We have to keep that in mind. We're never more like God than when we forgive. And we need to let that rest your... When we think about the fact of somebody that's hurt us or we're dealing with forgiveness, or we need to um, ask somebody to forgive us. Majora Thompson said, Forgiveness is not merely a feeling, it's a disposition of the whole person, a habit of the heart, and intentional choices of action and relationship. Don't make it easy, okay? Now, well, I'll, I'll I'll say this in a second, but Uh, Jeff C. Arnold said, Forgiveness is a door to peace and happiness. It's a small, narrow door and cannot be entered in without stooping. Life, living life, a more abundant life in Jesus, comes because Jesus went to Calvary and died for our sins. He paid the debt so we could be free. I heard somebody say that this this week, I don't know if I said it Thursday or not, but in a book I'm listening to, um, it said, the truth will set you free, but not until it's done with you. And that's kind of how forgiveness is. It will set you free, but not until it's accomplished what it needs. But that's, that's forgiveness, is Jesus going to cross. And there are people all over this world, our churches, and I dare say in this church, who has not forgiven someone, and so... It causes us to live life in a place of shame and grudge, guilt. Guilt is one of the most devastating of all human emotions, and it, it comes so strongly with unforgiveness or being needing to forgive. It causes uh, destruction in our relationships with others and our relationship, more importantly, with God. And sometimes because of unrealistic expectations for ourselves, or others, we suffer what's called false guilt. But most of the time, people feel guilty because, you know, sometimes we're guilty. And sometimes it's because somebody else is making us feel guilty. Um, This is not going to be easy today, what we're going to talk about, but it is so important. But all of us have certain things in our life which we're ashamed of, I would tell you that if you're dealing with any of these emotions, shame, unforgiveness, Brother um, brother Wright has got a conference that he goes through. It's called the Shame Conference. I actually have the syllabus right here that Brother Wright, when I was at uh, Mississippi years ago, he gave this to us uh, missionaries there. He went through a lot of this. I've taught some of this, but you can find his stuff on YouTube, a podcast, where he does the whole entire shame conference. And if you're dealing with some of this stuff, I encourage you to go listen to that, and it will help you. But I brought this today in case we have some questions that I'm not smart enough to answer, but Um, many years ago, there was a prominent playwright in London, England, and they sent out... an anonymous note as a joke to 20 of London's leading citizens, and they said, All has been found out, leave the city at once. All 20 of those citizens immediately left London because it was feeling some kind of guilt. And here's the thing unresolved guilt affects us emotionally and spiritually. One psychiatrist, psychiatrist estimated this is astounding. Estimated that 70% of people in mental wards could be released today if they knew how to forgi- uh, find forgiveness. That's incredible. Now, uh, some other studies, I didn't write it down, but you can do just a simple search on Google search about what forgiveness does to us, unforgiveness does to us health-wise. It's astounding. It can cause all kinds of things in us. The guilt, it breaks our relationships because it's a natural tendency to avoid people we've wronged, or... Avoid people who's wronged us. Guilt produces that separation. The same thing occurs in our relationship with God. Isaiah 59 and 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and you, your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. That's, that's powerful stuff there. Paul tells us that a good conscience is essential to maintaining our faith. And when we have these feelings between people and us, it causes this uh, thing inside of us to where we don't have a good conscience. 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19 says, Cling tightly to your faith in Christ, this New Living Translation, and always keep your conscience clear, for some people have deliberately violated their conscience as a result of their faith has been shipwrecked. With all that in mind, I have some questions that I want us to ask ourselves. Are you suffering from a guilty conscience today? Are there scenes from your past that you wish you could erase? Has unresolved guilt caused you to keep your distance from others? And most importantly, has it caused us to keep our distance from God? Now, I know this is a heavy subject subject today. And there may be things that we can't talk about out loud. But this is a huge hang-up that keeps people from actually walking in the fullness and abundance of God. And this may be one of the biggest hang-ups to why people are not walking in that place with God or even in church period. Not forgiving themselves, God, and others. Now, let's talk about the principal parts of forgiveness. And then we'll we'll try to talk about this as a group. So let let me give us kind of some instructions of of that that's parts of forgiveness, what it takes for real, true godly forgiveness. Okay, um, and then we'll try to talk about it. So again, take some notes, jot some questions. It may be something you may I just can't ask that out loud. It may be something you want to give it to me, and and um, we can try to talk about it on another another level. But uh, we see in the scriptures that we're taught three basic principles of forgiveness. Principle number one, forgive those who sin against us. We find that in Matthew 6 and 12. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus really talks about forgiveness a lot. Matthew 6 and 12 says, and forgive us our debts. This is part of the prayer as we forgive our debtors. Matthew eighteen twenty one. Then Peter came to him, speaking of Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brothers sin against me and I forgive them? up to seven times and we know Jesus answer 70 times seven to forgive completely requires us to one of the most difficult of all changes in our life (laughs) jesus describes it so simple just as we need forgiveness from jesus so we've got to forgive others but you were abused you're abandoned can you forgive the abuser You were the victim of some oppression or some horrific thing in your life from somebody else. Can you forgive those who inflicted the pain? You thought it was love. You thought it was the love or whatever of your life, but that object of your love all of a sudden has found another somebody else or another something. Can you forgive that person? Jesus knows our hurts and he knows our wounds. And through the tears... And through God's love, we can begin to heal. That's why forgiveness is is complicated, but simple. And it's always the direction that God wants our heart to go. He never wants us to go to revenge, guilt, hate, shame. He doesn't want that for us. And this is why he started this prayer off, you know, in Matthew when he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So there's two things going on there. We're forgiven and we're being forgiven. And forgiving others, what it does, it bears witness to the power that God has over the worst that life can deal us. Because let's be honest, things we go through life is hard, but the things we go through emotionally when people hurt us, is so much harder you know you may you may lose an arm you may lose a leg you may lose the ability to move your entire body but if we lose our ability to function because of unforgiveness we're more crippled than that person who can't move his body the second principle is forgive and be forgiven Matthew six fourteen says for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you Luke 6:37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Thomas Watson said, We need not climb up into heaven to see whether our sins are forgiven. Listen to this. He says, Let us look into the hearts and see if we can forgive others. If we refuse to forgive others. God will also refuse to forgive us. I want us to understand that that does not refer to salvation because salvation is not dependent upon what anybody else does for us, okay? The foundation of God's forgiveness is built upon who He is, His character. In love, God, Jesus, uh, regards the death of man, the man, Christ Jesus, as the payment for our penalty of our sin. But forgiving others is not something that's merited or worthy work for us earning salvation we that's not it there okay I'm, that's not what we're talking about here but living in a relationship with god requires us constant repentance of sins that plague our life and because we as believers we 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 got to come to god constantly for confession forgiveness and refusing to forgive others reveal something on inside of us that we lack the appreciation that what jesus done at calvary for us And it is very important for us to understand that all people are on common ground as sinners. We all need God's forgiveness. And if we don't forgive others, we are in fact denying and rejecting God's forgiveness of us. Now that's not always easy, but Paul talked about Ephesians 4.32. He said, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And he adds in, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Colossians three thirteen says forbearing one another. That's mean putting up with each other, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That brings us to the third principle, which is: if you don't forgive, um, don't forgive, and you won't be forgiven. Jesus said in Matthew six fifteen. You see, it, continuation from six twelve down to six fifteen. If, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses. Uh, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Mark eleven twenty-five, 25, New Living Translation, says this, another from Never Man's View, this way, but when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. The sin of an unforgiven heart and a bitter spirit, it forfeits, forfeits the blessings and invites judgment into our life. That's why forgiveness is so important and so powerful. In Hebrews 12:15, Paul, or the writer, some most people think is Paul, uh the writer of Hebrews said, "Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God." What he's talking about here, falling of filling of the grace of God is the fact that we've been forgiven but yet we're not willing to forgive others. And he said, what happens, lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And if a person becomes bitter and angry over wrong that's done to us, prayer becomes almost impossible until we let forgiveness take care of itself. Because God wants us to deal with our horizontal relationships. That's my relationship to my fellow brother and sister. So we can clear up our vertical relationship. And that's, it goes to the greatest commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all heart, soul, mind, strength. And then love your brothers yourself. He said, okay, first we've we got to get these two together. And he lets us know in Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that your brother hath an ought against thee. Leave your gift before the altar, and go thy way, and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Why does this matter? Because... All people are sinners before God. And those who have access to him have it only because his mercy of forgiving our sins. And we as believers should not come to God asking for forgiveness, making requests, while at the same time we refuse to forgive others. And to do so would be to basically kind of I'm going to say I'm, I'm not appreciative for the mercy that I've received. And I know this is heavy, and I know it's not easy, but it is a hang-up. It is something that limits us from actually walking fully into what uh, God wants us in the abundance of life. And, and, and to the point, it's just like God doesn't feel obligated to respond to a person with an attitude of unforgiveness to others, but God wants us who are forgiven to forgive others. Now, here does come the hard part. Forgiving others is tough work. And, and this is why we're on this subject. It's easier said than done. So much so that many people would rather do something totally, completely unpleasant in their life than to forgive somebody. I mean, I need bread and it's right there, but they're right there, so I will walk. I'll drive to another city. I mean, I would rather walk up a hill, backwards, packing a 50-pound weight than to give, forgive some. I, I would rather shovel gravel all day. I, I, I would rather wash dishes. All, I'd rather clean diapers all day long than forgive that person. Now, we've all been there. Anything but forgive that rotten, no-good scoundrel who's messed my life up. But we got to understand the important fact that for a person to pray while having a grudge is like a tree sprouting leaves and never bearing fruit. But, true faith and trust in God can change our hearts. Real prayer can dismantle that pride and that vengeance, filling the hose in our life with love. I'm almost done with this and we can talk about it. I hope we will talk about it. Not, I do have some other things I can talk about with this, but we need that faith that seeks that peace in our life. And us as individuals and in the church to have prayer, power that we need here, there's got to be a harmony in our lives that brings this forgiveness that's evident within the whole entire body. And as I said in the first life class, it will happen when we live on purpose and on purpose decide we're going to let go of the hurts. We're going to do what it takes to let go of the hurts because we're sick of living in this place. We're going to do what it takes to let go of the hurts, abandon the grudges, and we're going to forgive others. And as principled centered people we are called upon again and again to forgive. And the principle of forgiveness are given a priority throughout the scriptures to be placed into practice daily in our lives. It is a process. Just as he was talking about that tree without fruit, you don't plant a tree and all of a sudden it bears fruit. It is a process. But we got to remember, we are never more like God than when we forgive. All right? Now, I heard another person say something like this. We're also never more like the devil when we're causing division. So we have to think about that. John MacArthur, the pastor, and I think he's in California, wrote... We are never more like Christ than when we carry the debt, as debt so forgiveness can take place. Basically saying, I'll go ahead and I'll pack this debt. I'm going to forgive you. And there's times repayment is fine, but there's other times when we pay the price of restitution our, ourselves and we forgive. Because here's, here's what happens with unforgiveness. We think, if I just forgive them, they're not paying the price. Well, Jesus paid the price at Calvary for us and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The absolute total forgiveness is an act and evidence that Jesus is the hope of glory in our life. Forgiveness is an action will make reception from others the world, people, whatever—welcome, restoration, restitution, repayment. It takes these principles of forgiveness to work in our lives. To just be, uh, or just become, putting up with, tolerate the one who hurt you. No, know. it. And but before we open this up, I want us to be aware that there are actions forgiveness to take place but there are actions that take place when we fail to forgive okay so real quickly let me give you these things and and hopefully we can talk about this because I, I don't know it all and what we don't know we'll figure it out but the consequences of, of not willing to forgive number one is to not forgive imprisons us to the past okay it keeps the pain alive it keeps that sore open and it keeps anger stirred up in our world. The second thing is to not forgive produces bitterness. It occupies our thinking. It shapes our personality. And it defines many things in our life when we refuse That unforgiveness defines us instead of what God is supposed to define us. Thirdly, to not forgive opens a door for Satan. To do what the part of the scripture that our theme of this is steal, kill, and destroy any chance of us having an abundant life. It opens a door. Unforgiveness. It's like Satan sitting there crouching waiting to jump through and we have that unforgiveness. It opens that door enough that he can stick his foot in there and start stealing and killing and destroying our abundance life. And last but definitely not least is to not forgive hinders our fellowship with God which also hinders our fellowship with other people. So, Luke 6.37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Forgiveness is a sacred ground. In the scripture that I open with again, the discretion of man defereth his anger and his glory to pass over a transgression. The greatest weapon, I'm going to say this, and then we can talk. The greatest weapon of the Bible that give, the Bible gives us against unforgiveness is a love for the Word of God. Psalms one nineteen one sixty five says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I don't want to astonish God by having been forgiven of so much and then refused to give so little. And I know sometimes it doesn't seem like so little, but when we think about in the scope of the fact that he forgave us. He made a way for us to make heaven. So, hopefully, I'm not open too many wounds. <laughs> hopefully, um, if there's some questions, I've got some arsenal to help us with some of this. We may not get through all this. It may open up something. We need to dive in deeper with it. But this is just some principles. And if you want, I can print this out and give it to you later. Email it to you or anything like that. So, what I have here. Um, I'm not going to give my book up, but um, I've taught and preached a lot out of that. And so a lot of this stuff I'm talking about today come out. So um, with that said, anything within this? Somebody wants to say something, ask a question, let's jump into it. Hang on a second. I've got one back here.
1: Okay, you talked about forgiving other people. What about forgiving yourself? I knew that was going to
0: come up I knew that was going to come up because I did not uh, I did not necessarily get that right there And here's here's the thing and this is kind of a nutshell and I, and I actually I may have we may have to take next week and dig into that because it's a whole big subject by itself but here, here's and I'm, I'm see I marked something in here because I knew we'd probably go there um what happens when we don't forgive ourselves it is is it is the place the devil really wants us because i feel like part of the unforgiveness that we deal with is um it starts throwing shame on us to where we feel like we're worthless we're no good and what we deal with that is in Brother Wright's book here he talks about it, is something's called shame. And self-rejection is what he says here that's called shame. Now, some of this I can make you some copies and give it to you, but uh, he says self-rejection is called shame. I went through a lot of this before, but this is what it says, and, I, and this is the person who's dealing with unforgiveness for their self. This is probably what you're dealing with. Shame says to us, you're a mistake. You are flawed and defective as a human being. You will never be good enough. You, ultimately, uh, you will ultimately be rejected by everyone as soon as they find out what you really are. You are a failure. So anybody who's dealing with unforgiveness, what you're really dealing with is shame, okay? Now, he goes on with multiple, multiple things here, all right? <laughs> Again, I'm probably not going to be able to get all into it today, but... Um, he does talk about how we're saved from shame. But ultimately, let me get back here, Rob. I saved this, but I'm probably going to have to take next week and just deal with this. And I don't care a bit to do that. But um, it is a huge thing. Because really I think a lot of times that, I think that's the goal of unforgiveness from, from the devil. It's to place you in that place of shame to where you're the victim and you feel like I can never get out of this and it opens up all kinds of things. But, and again, I'm I'm not answering this great because it's a big subject, but um, let me find something he said here that I wanted to share that may help a little bit before we get there. And again, what I may do what I think probably would be the best for us to do is to take next week and talk about that and maybe not talk about it as much I can bring you some of these notes also I can make copies of this part of it and give it to you and we'll just go through this together and uh, I think that probably is going to be the best thing but this is what he said let me just give you in a nutshell with it Um, I hang my glasses on so that's not helping me now but he talks about it has to come through a restitution. Uh, he says a three-step process to the wholeness in God. In the scripture that he uses, I'll give this to you for a foundation. I, I, gonna, I'll go over this good next week because I think we need to do that. Uh, Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is what he says is the foundation for helping us get beyond that place of shame because I think what uh, the the root of not forgiving ourself is shame because we feel so shame with them, them things I told you. And he says this is the root of overcoming that. It's Romans fourteen seventeen, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. These three things, when we let God bring righteousness peace and joy through the holy ghost brings us out of that place to where we can forgive ourselves so that is kind of that in a nutshell i will take next week and i'll jump into that if that's if that's sufficient enough and i'll try to even have these notes for everybody uh matter of fact i'll try to have them for you thursday night if you're not here if not i have them here we get here all right anybody else got a question beyond that part of it comment question Oh, come on. (laughs) And and, and listen, if it's something you don't want to talk openly, jot it down and just give it to me. And we'll try to... Comment, question.
1: I think the biggest thing on uh, forgiving someone all lies in the intent, whether it was an accident, whether it was being ignorant, whether it was being... didn't even think about that it might hurt someone. That first part is that part is easy because that person will repent of it and ask forgiveness. But there's an unbreakable wall between it and someone who does it intentionally and repeatedly and with intent and malice. And when the true forgiveness comes through is that when you can penetrate that impenetrable wall with your forgiveness and say that person did this to me intentionally but I have to forgive them if I want to live past that you know uh, you had mentioned it before someone hurt you when you were a child you're no longer a child you may be a child of God but you're no longer a child it is you know you have to get your mind to the point, are they going to rule my life the rest of my life? Are they going to be in control of my life the rest of my life, or am I going to be in control? And that is difficult, because I've had people hurt me with intent and with malice, and they try, kept on trying to do it again. Finally, I just, you know, they're no longer in my life.
0: Now, Here's the hard part with this. It is said, and if you if you really think about it, somebody really can't hurt you unless you're emotionally attached to them. And the worst thing about forgiveness, unforgiveness, is the fact that the ones we get the hurt most at is those we love or the closest to. And that's when it's hard, because then even if they meant it intentionally or not intentionally. We especially if it's a progressive keeps on thing, we get to that place that we think whether like I said, whether they've done it intentionally or not, we are very human and our mind is very active and it and the devil is very active and he just starts shoving the stuff in and our mind takes over and we just take it takes us to that place that they're doing this intentional. They've done this intentional. Why are they do me this way? And a lot of times it's also the it's, it goes to the saying hurting people hurt people and majority of times when somebody's in that place what's happened is they have suffered so much hurt that they have not forgiven been forgiven and went through all the process and here's the thing to me it it is a process it's not easy but it has to be intentional and I I mentioned a, a forgiveness notebook before list everybody out that's ever done you any wrong write it down and every day start Going through the process. Brother, if you've never seen the sermon or listened to the sermon, Brother David Shatt will preach the sermon uh, called the, the Tragedy of a Wounded Spirit. Everyone should listen to that. Even if you think you don't have no wounds inside of you, listen to that sermon. Uh, I will try to tag it on our church page. Go listen to that. The one I'll probably actually find you, I actually was sitting there, and I, I'd heard him preach it, and I thought that day, man, I thought, I, I, don't, I don't got none of that in my spirit, because I knew that he was going to preach that sermon, i think it I don't got nothing in my spirit. When he got done, I remember being up front on my face asking God to forgive so-and-so because I realized I'd still had something in my heart towards them. So, and he goes through some steps of how to forgive. And it's a process. Um, the first seven, eight minutes of it, he's dealing with marriages. So, you can, if, if you're on YouTube and you, you're not married and you don't want to deal with that, just go on past it. <laughs> uh, you don't want... Anyway, it's good. But anyway, go, try to listen to that. That will help you. Uh, there's all kinds of books out there uh, that can help you. Uh, I'll try to get some of those. Again, we. I don't have all the answers. That's the principles of the Word of God. Now, the bad thing is the principles of the Word of God is not always easy, especially when it comes to dealing with this stuff. So it's hard. So um, I would... Challenge you to get you, you just go get you a simple notebook or you loose leaf paper or whatever something you write in every day and throw it away and name off all the the hurts and the pains you had and every day you can go through that process. Brother Shatwell said, you know, you go through and say I I forgive them, release them. Here's the thing you're going to deal with when you start it. You're going to say I forgive and release them. And you're not. <laughs> okay, you're just not. But the power of the spoken word. Okay. Is this When you audibly speak it out and you say that enough, the power of the spoken word changes our life. So let me give you an example here. Um, we've been through so much so far this year, COVID, and um, hadn't been in church enough. I, as a preacher, don't hear enough preaching in person. I listen to preaching nearly every day of my life. I, I listen to it. Almost to the point that it's almost... Uh, and it's not like being there, okay? So, Friday, I dealt with a very... I'm going to be very transparent. I've dealt with a very dark place. I don't, I don't get there much. Strong depression hit me for where we're at in the church with some other areas in life. I mean, strong. I hadn't felt it like that in a long time. And... I was scheduled to go to a sectional thing, but had a lot of different people from our our state. And I was meeting something in me, and it was causing a lot of uh, feelings inside of me that, well, this and that. And I went, was around other people that hadn't been around a while. Good to see them. But then our new uh, United Pentecostal Church um, president in our state. Got up for the Michael Seidenfaden. And he's an incredible man. He began to preach the word of God. This is chastity. What he said was just absolutely what I need. And almost immediately, as he began to preach the word, and I began to connect with the word, all that dark place and then feelings just—I I, I just almost feel it just just leaving my body, going out of me. Yeah. Because it's that last scripture, great peace have they that love thy law, and by nothing shall be offended. I was on that point, and I was being offended by anything and everything that day. I me and Sister Shirley, had not It was me. It was me, okay? And um, I mean, it's one of them times we're sitting in my truck. I'm not even going to the house yet. I, I'm just being transparent. I, I'd come down here to, 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 to pay something, and I was back home, and she's like, Where I'm sitting in the truck she's in the truck and it just wasn't good finally said I need to go to church I need to go there tonight. but anyway what I'm, the point I'm saying is the word being in that that's why online church podcasts sometimes just don't do it we need to be to where we can hear the word of God and but that so the point I'm saying is the power of the word when you begin to say that every day you may not believe it today you may not believe it tomorrow but the more you speak it I forgive and release them Lord help me to forgive and release them Sooner or later, you can go, you can mark that name off. I forgive them. And sometimes it's gone for a while, and then you don't have to do it again. It's a process, okay? I don't where I saw
1: it or seen it, or it may have been on a movie or something, but uh, they've written down the name of the person on a piece of paper, what they did to him, forgave them, and then burn it up, or th- or cast it away into a a, a stream or whatever. Just it, it may sound kind of sophomoric, but the truth of the matter is, physically saying, you know, David did this to me. David did this to me, and I and I forgive him and burn it up and throw it away. Mentally, that can they can just, they can release, they can break a chain at least, break the lock that's on
0: there. I know that we are running out of time with it, but I do want to say this, uh, with this whole situation, um, that's in essence what Brother Shatwell ends up saying in his sermon. Uh, He says it more audibly, but um, there's so much power in what we say, what our speech, so be sure, and here's the thing, as bad as it hurts, as bad as the place you may be, determine in your mind with purpose, I'm not going to live here. Because what happens when we're living in that place of unforgiveness, we're living in the past. And it keeps us from being in the future. And that's something Brother Wright Brother, um, said so many times. Everything great that God has for us is just far enough that until we let go, From that past thing we'll never get a hold of that future thing so uh any more quick comments or anything all right this is fueling for later okay this is just a quick quote i saw on a board at
1: home forgiveness does not change the past but it does enlarge the future
0: oh that's good who's that you know who it was okay so you actually seen on, on the side that's good and, and, hey, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm hoping you're getting some stuff that's going to fuel me more. So, I, I know it's a couple minutes after one, so I'm going to go ahead and we'll, we'll be done here. I will try next week, all right? So this way, we already know ahead of time what we're going to be talking about. And I'm not going to tell you I'm going to have all the answers, but I'm going to try to give you some answers so we can figure this out better. Because, um... We all deal with not forgiving ourselves. So we're going to talk about that next week. I'll try to have these copies for people. Uh, if you're interested in my notes today, I could email them or I can print them out. You can just let me know. I'll print them out and bring them to you. And I'll try to have this photocopy of this stuff and bring it to you also. So I'd love to be able to get this whole copy of this thing. But I'll put a couple links out on our, our Harvest House page. I'm, I am, at this moment, I'm personally not on Facebook itself, but... I do have a business suite so I can post things from there. Uh, and I can send you a link to it where you, you can get it off of Facebook if you want to. I can just send you links and this stuff to your personal phone and take you to YouTube or wherever. So, anyway, I know they've probably got some stuff still left over downstairs. So, time of fellowship. We'll try to get going back about one fifteen. So, love everybody. Huh?